You are listening to You Were Made For This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made For This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Well, hey, thank you, Carol. And hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode, where today we consider several interesting responses from our listeners to a recent episode. The first is an email in reaction to episode 70 from several weeks ago, Building Relationships Eases Racial Tension. It comes to us from Thomas, who is a listener from a West African nation. Hmm. I'll just read what Thomas wrote in his email to me. Here it is. Dear John, greetings from, and he mentions the country he's from in West Africa. For confidentiality reasons, I won't identify the country, but it's in West Africa. Thomas says, thank you for interviewing Kevin about his perception of and suggested solutions to racial matters in the U.S. I am touched by his proposed solution, particularly about the role Christians could play. You might remember that episode where Kevin suggested that uh, the churches could play a great role in easing racial tension by simply building relationships with people from a different race, different color. Anyway, back to Thomas's email. He says, When I come to the U.S. and worship with Americans, I am struck at the racial components of most churches. If it is white, it is white. If it is black, it is black. I see very little effort in Christian leaders and Christians in America toward the blending of the color of worshipers and ministers in many American congregations. I wonder whether American Christians take a cue from the racial composition of the early church or read Apostle Paul's tireless emphasis on racial harmony among Christians. Americans are known all over the world as the trailblazers of Christianity. In fact, some people falsely perceive America as a Christian nation, judging from the number of missionaries who come from America to evangelize non-Christians, the number of Christian radio and television stations, the numbers of Christian literatures published in America by American Christians, and the number of great Christian leaders and evangelists they listen to. Hmm. Interesting that, uh, just as a sidebar, interesting that, that he uses the phrase falsely perceive America as a Christian nation. That's his take on things. Well, back to his email. He goes on to say, When non-Americans see the extent of racial tension and its resultant hatred, they pause to ask the efforts of American Christians to either ease or eradicate the extent of the tension. I think it's high time American Christians listen to the suggestions of Kevin about the role they could play as followers of Jesus. We, the non-American Christians, are praying to see the end of racial tension in America because it leaves a bitter taste in our mouths and impedes our evangelistic efforts in our countries. Unbelievers draw out attention to what is happening in America and ask if this is the kind of Christianity we want them to become members of? American Christians must therefore take pragmatic actions based on love and relationship 
to end racism. And then he just signs his name, Thomas. What an interesting reaction from someone not living in our country. When I read Thomas's email, it, it um, struck a few chords within me. One is the idea that when there's conflict, and certainly racism is a conflict, that other people not involved are watching. People not living in our country, not living in the midst of racial tension, see on the news what's going on with us. And they are impacted by the conflict they see, even though they are not part of it. And it just doesn't speak well of our country, the fact that we have this issue going on within us. The second reaction I had is the observation from Thomas that the church in America actually makes it harder for some missionaries to do their work. It's a sobering, sobering realization that I hadn't really thought of before. And then finally, I wonder what other non-American Christians, besides those living in West Africa, think about this issue of racial tension here in the U.S. A second response to episode 70 comes from Randy, living in Pittsburgh. He writes, Last week's podcast was thought-provoking. I listened to it a couple of times. I wonder how the conversation and interview would have been different if the person you interviewed would have been black. Kevin is, is white. I wonder what suggestions they, a black person, might have in response to your questions, which, as always, were thought-provoking. Yeah, that would be interesting to get a black person's perspective, especially on what the church should do in relation to the racial divide we have in our country. And then later, the same day, Randy wrote back and said, My wife and I talked about your podcast and, and your book, Them, and I am wondering how principles that you talk about in your book would relate to easing the racial tension in America. My book, Them, that came out in 2016. Randy's point is a fundamental listening principle, namely to ask ourselves when engaged in a relationship with someone, what must it be like to be them? I wonder if, if this simple question that we would ask ourselves, what must it be like to be them, them being the race other than our own, I wonder if that would help ease racial tension. Could being more curious about another race and how they experience life minimize the racial divide in our country? Hmm. Episode 62 and episode 63 are both about our lack of curiosity about people and what we suffer because of it. I also wonder if pride fits into a discussion of racism. I've mentioned before Dennis P. Morgan's book, Fighting for Peace, Combating Conflict with Character. The book can be summarized in one simple sentence. It's this, At the root of all conflict is an abundance of pride and a lack of humility. The obvious point about the role of pride in racism is the notion that I think I'm better than you. You are deficient in comparison to me. Well, that's, that's pretty obvious. Don't really need to go any further on that. But a less obvious manifestation of pride is the idea that I don't need to get to know you because you are different from me, and only people like me are worth my time in building a relationship. 
I'm most comfortable with people whose life experiences are similar to mine. I'm not interested in learning how you experience life because I believe how I do things is the right way. Well, all of that is certainly pride, which is fertile soil for racism to grow. So what's a solution to all this? I think first of all, it starts with humbling ourselves to recognize the way we live and what we believe may not be the best way. Another thing is to ask God to make us more curious about other people. And finally, question our assumptions about people and why they are the way they are and why they do the things they do. Hmm. If you forget everything else, here's the one thing I hope you remember from today's episode. Become more curious. More curious to question our assumptions and values. More curious to learn about the difficulties other people experience that we have not. Because curiosity often leads to compassion. Well, what can we do in response to today's show? We can ask God to expose areas of pride in our life. Ask God to help us question our assumptions about others. Ask God to help us be more curious about people. Ask Him to show us better ways of relating to people, regardless of how different they may appear to be from us. When we do so, it will enrich our lives and help us to experience the life-fulfilling relationships that we were made for. As always, another thing you can do is to let me and your fellow listeners know what resonated with you about today's episode just like Thomas and Randy did in today's show. You can share your thoughts in the leave a reply box at the bottom of the show notes, or you can send them to me in an email to john at caringforothers.org. In closing, I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show to both reflect and to act so that you will find the joy that God intends for you in your relationships. Because after all, you were made for this. And now to close, here is our relationship quote of the week. It comes from the Bible, the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Hmm. That says a lot, doesn't it? Well, that's all for today. See you next week. Goodbye for now.